two quick announcements uh, before we begin. Um, at 2.30, there'll be a youth singing at Rock Bridge. It's the last one of the year, so let's try and go and uh, support those uh, young men as they do a great work, as they begin to uh, learn and encourage us through our worship and song. Amen? 2.30, Rock Bridge. Let's, let's show uh, these area congregations that we uh, support that good work. Um, the second thing is, if you would keep in your prayers, uh, Mike and Debbie Pearson, uh, just that they're going through a tough situation right now, and just uh, hug their neck and tell them you love them. I know you do, but pray for them. Just pray uh, for the situation uh, that's going to continue to be. Uh, they'll be dealing with for a while. Um, God's good though, ain't he? God hears prayers, right? The prayer of the righteous man avails much, right? That's what we are about. We, we should be a praying people. We should be a people that looks to uh, the Lord for our guidance. And this morning, uh, it just so happens that that's who I want to talk about. I want to talk about the Lord, amen? I don't want to talk about anybody else and I really want to get real specific. I want to talk about the most amazing man ever. The most powerful man ever. The most loving and caring man ever. A man that came from heaven to do one thing. Luke 19.10 For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. This morning I want to talk about Jesus. One day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess His name. Amen. And what a day that'll be. If it's alright with y'all, I'm going to talk about Jesus for a little bit. Is that okay? Is that alright with y'all if I just talk about Jesus? If you would, turn with me to Luke chapter 23. Uh, verses 1 through 5. I see some guests in the crowd and uh, welcome. Uh, I'm glad you're here and, and we're glad you're here. Uh, I say this on behalf of the elders. Uh, we welcome you. We hope that you'll come back uh, and, and the congregation too. Uh, we'll hug you and we'll love on you. We got police in the audience, man. We'll take care of you. We got it. We got Mark. He's, I mean, I felt his arm. It's I'm trying to work out with him. <clears throat> He's going to get me right. <clears throat> okay, let's read. Luke 23, verses 1 through 5. Then the whole multitude of them arose and led him to Pilate. And they began to accuse him, saying, We found this fellow perverting the nation and forbidding to pay taxes to Caesar, saying that he himself is Christ, a king. Then Pilate asked him, saying, are you the king of the Jews? And he answered him and said, It is as you say. So Pilate said to the chief priests and the crowd, I find no fault in this man. But they were more fierce, saying, He stirs up the people, teaching throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee to this place. Jesus being led now in the context uh, by the Jewish leaders to Pontius Pilate, uh, who was the governor over Judah. 
and over the Jews in that surrounding area. He was the one who had the authority to put anyone to death. Uh, and, and you know, these uh, Jewish leaders are about to accomplish their mission. Matthew 26, 3 and 4 says, Then the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders of the people assembled at the palace of the high priest who was called Caiaphas and plotted to take Jesus by, and I want you to catch this, trickery and kill him. The chief priests, the scribes, and the elders of the people. Think about that group. Think about the group that's wanting to kill the Son of God. I talked about it in class and I just want to say it in passing. That is why it is so important, brethren, to have good leadership. Leadership that loves the Lord first and will take care of the congregation. Brethren, if you have a problem, go to the elders. Let them help you. That's what it's set up for. It is set up for them to shepherd the flock. Look at how they were shepherding the flock, though. They were wanting to kill the Son of God. They were wanting to kill the one who came to do what? Save us. By trickery. But that wasn't going to happen. Psalms 147.5 says, Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding is infinite. He knows what He has to do. He knows where He has to go. Jesus has to go to the cross. He knows it. But these Jewish leaders bring him to Pilate and that's where his stop is before the cross, is Pilate. A couple more stops, but he's going to be there soon. He's about to be there. These leaders knew that they couldn't bring uh, the charge of blasphemy to Pilate because Pilate could care less about the, the living God or being the son of the living God. They, he didn't care about Jehovah, Yahweh, the God of uh, the Jews. So what did they have to do? They had to come to him with trickery. Straight up lies. By any means they were going to kill this man. They were sick of him. Can you believe that? They were sick of Jesus. They had a selfish view of who this Messiah, this Christ that was supposed to come was going to look like, right? They wanted him to be ready for war. They wanted him to be ready for battle. Because when this Christ, this Messiah came, he was going to overthrow the government of Rome and the Jews were going to be the top dogs again, right? But he came. And they killed him. They missed it. They hated him. John 15, 23 and 25. He who hates me hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works no one else did, they would have no sin. But now they have seen and also hated both me and my father. But this, this happened that the word might be fulfilled which is written in their law. They hated me without cause. The priests, the scribes, the Sanhedrin, the Pharisees, the, the Sadducees, 
the highest officials of the Jews had forgotten who they served. And Jesus calls them out. He says, if you hate me, really you hate my Father. Brethren, I want to talk for just a few minutes about us not doing like these Jewish leaders had done. Jesus had performed miracles in front of them. He he told them they needed to change their ways. Back in Mark chapter 2, right at the beginning of his ministry, uh, he's in this house and he's talking, and and these four guys drop their friend down out of the roof. Y'all remember that story? And they're trying to just get this guy to Jesus, and maybe he could help them. And and Jesus says, uh, your sins are forgiven. And these scribes and these leaders, they look and they talk amongst themselves and they're like, who can say that? Who can forgive sins except for God Himself? Jesus knew what they were saying. And what does He say to them? He says, He says, what's easier to say, that your sins are forgiven or to get up and walk? But so that you'll know that the Son of Man has the power to forgive sins... Take up your pallet and walk. Guess what happened? He got his pallet and he walked. (laughs) That's big stuff, huh? In front of these people. He told them. They didn't care. It wasn't about him. It was about their agenda. It was about what they were about. Jesus told them, he said, before Abraham was, I am. There's only one person. There's only one being that would claim to be I am, and that's Yahweh. That's Jehovah. And here he was, Jesus proclaiming to be I am. But brethren, the title of this lesson is just as these Jewish leaders did, please, I beg us to not do this. Forget who we serve. The Jewish leaders that brought Jesus to Pilate, they have no idea really who they're killing. They may think they do, but they really don't. Because if they did, they would have reacted a little bit different when uh, they put him under oath in Matthew 26, 63, and 64, and they say, tell us if you're the Christ, the Son of God. And Jesus said to him, it is as you say. Jesus was perfect in every way. He never would tell a lie. So when he spoke, guess what he spoke? Truth. He tells them right there, point blank, who he is. They didn't remember in John 5, 46 when he says, uh, if you believe Moses, you'd believe me. Moses talked about me. In Deuteronomy 18, he says, I'll raise up for them a prophet like you from among the brethren. And will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I commanded him. And it shall be that whoever will not hear my words, which he speaks in my name, I will require it of them. He says, but if you don't believe his writings, if you don't believe Moses' writings, guess what? You're not going to believe my words. What a warning, brethren. Have we forgotten Jesus in our lives? Have we become a people that only cares about me? 
and what my desires and wishes are? Brethren, I want this to be an encouraging lesson. I want to talk about a situation that's happened to me this week. Well, Friday, last week. Uh, Very encouraging. Very emotional for me. So just be prepared. I'm probably going to get emotional. I'm not going to... I'm not going to try to. I'm going to try and push through it. But I'm going to tell you right now, it means something to me. Look at verses 1 through 2 again. Then the whole multitude of them arose and led him to Pilate. And they began to accuse him, saying, We found this fellow perverting the nation and forbidding to pay taxes to Caesar, saying that he himself is the Christ. I want us to consider these three accusations the Jewish leaders bring to Pilate. And I want us to use them to help us renew our confidence and our faith and put our hope in that one God, that one Lord that we love so much. The first accusation, think about it. He says... They say, we found this fellow. (laughs) We found this fellow, just a regular guy over here, this fellow perverting the nation. The word pervert there, to turn aside from the right path or to oppose the right way. These leaders uh, and priests were coming to Pilate and, and they accused Jesus of causing the people to go the, right, the wrong way. Now, think about that. Think about these people. In Matthew 23, and I talked some of this I've talked in class, so y'all are just getting a repeat. Hey, help it renew you, all right? Matthew 23, 15, the whole chapter of Matthew 23, he gives these woes. Woe to you, scribes. Woe to you, Pharisees. Listen to what I'm saying because judgment is coming upon you if you do not straighten up. And he says in uh, Matthew 23, 15, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. For you travel land and sea to win one proselyte. You try to, to win one person over. And when he is won over, you make him twice as much a son of hell as yourselves. Twice as much a son of hell as yourselves. That's what Jesus says the path they were on. It was a path leading to hell. And when they converted somebody to follow what they were teaching, guess where it took them? Straight to hell. Their path would take them in a way that's definitely not pleasing to God. Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom and that's perverting the nation? Don't forget, brethren, what Jesus has done for us. He offers us a chance to have our sins forgiven. Amen? He offers us a chance to be reconciled to God. Amen? He gives us a chance to have eternal life. With Him. Amen? Forever. Paul says in 1 Timothy 1.15, he says, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance, 
that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. In Mark chapter 1 verse 15, Jesus' first, uh, one of his first comments is, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Brethren, that's not perverting the nation. That's leading the nation and pointing them to one person, God. Amen? There are people in this world that are struggling though, y'all. There are people that are struggling. There are people in this congregation right now that are struggling. Jesus didn't come to pervert the nation. Jesus came to save the nation. Friday I went down and talked to a guy at the jail through a video conference. Uh, went into a room. Uh, there's a box and a monitor. And I had to pick up the phone and talk to this guy through a video. I want y'all to realize that if we don't open our eyes and look around, we're going to miss what God is doing in our lives. God is working. So Stan, uh, Stan Foster, the youth minister at Portland, came to me a couple weeks ago and he said, man, this guy wants to meet you, man. And I'm like, okay. He said, no, I, I go down on Sunday nights to the jail and, and we, do a, we do a worship for him. Uh, and I told him about you. And for whatever reason, he said, I want to meet you. I want to meet him. C can you get him to me? Who am I? Huh? So I was like, all right, let's do it. So we set it up. I had to fill out a bunch of stuff, get qualified. Stan was joking with me. He said, are you sure you can get qualified to go into the gym? I'm like, come on, man, for real. For real, that's what you're going to ask me? Like, yeah, I'm good, man, all right? It took, mine took longer than his to get in, so he was getting a little bit worried, but no, nah, everything was good. Um, so we go down there. We pick up the, we're in the one room, me and Stan, there's one seat, we're sharing the seat, we're on the phone and we're talking to this guy, he picks up the phone and he looks at me and he immediately starts crying. Immediately. Jesus came to save, brethren. He was embarrassed. He'd been in jail five times. 
over and over, same story. I know plenty of people like that. I've been that guy myself. You know, he was ashamed. He was uh, mad at himself. And only time will tell what's going to happen with him. But him being locked up, of course, brings you to where you ain't got nothing but time to think about it, right? You're in the jail cell and you just think all day. And here he was. uh, And one of the, the biggest things that he told me was he said, I just want to be forgiven. He said, he said, how do I get forgiven? He didn't know. He didn't know, brethren. Everybody's heard the gospel, right? Everybody knows how to be a Christian, right? Mm-mm. Nope. He didn't know how to be forgiven. He didn't know what it meant to have his sins washed away. So I read in Matthew 11, verse 28 through 30. He said, it says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. I said, you know what, man? You ain't got to be a doctor. You ain't got to be the the prettiest guy. You ain't got to be the most famous person to receive forgiveness. Jesus said, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I'll give you rest. So we talked for a minute. We finished talking and we said, hey man, what can we do for you? And I'm not going to lie, in the back of my mind, I thought the only reason why he wanted me to come down there was so I could put some money on his account. I'll be straight up with you. Been there, done that. Great visit. What you need, man? Hey, can you put some money on my account? I appreciate it. He said, man, I don't have no money. I ain't talked to my I ain't talked to my family in months. He said, "Will you do something for me?" I said, "Yeah, man, what you got?" He said, "Go to my parents' house." I'm sorry, y'all. And see if you can hook a Bible study up with them. They won't talk to me, but maybe you can talk to them. I said, all right. I said, that ain't a problem at all. He said, but one more thing, too. I got two kids. 
and they just live right around the corner from the church, from the jail. People need Jesus, y'all. People need Jesus. He said, man, can you go over there and talk to, uh, to my kids and, 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 and their mom? She won't talk to me. I done messed up with her. I'm like, yeah, sure, man. No problem. So we get the address, we get done, me and Stan leave. I'm like, hey man, we're going to come back. I'm going to try and come back at least once a week and talk to you. We'll talk about whatever. And uh, so we gave him the gospel. We told him how to be saved, gave him some verses. And I said, look man, uh, we had like 30 seconds left on the talk before we left. And I told him, I said, you go find Timmy Pardue. Because I can't go in there to the jail with you. And you tell him you want to know the gospel. And you want to know how to be saved. And he, he remembered it. He said, okay, I got it. And he's since already got in contact with Timmy. So, Lord willing, this guy will obey the gospel, brethren. <laughs> but we go to, uh, we leave and we go and see his, his uh, girlfriend. They're not married. And she, he's got two little babies. And now we go into the projects in Gallatin. Which is really different if you think about it. Two tall white guys walking into the projects, knocking on doors. A lot of people probably thought we was bill collectors. But I have my Bible right here. And I was holding it just like this. We knocked on the door. The lady poked her head out. She said, uh, can I help you? And Stan was like, yeah, we, uh, we're just coming to, to talk to, I can't remember her name, about the guy that was locked up. He wanted us to come over here and talk to you. And she was like, Okay, and she stuck her head back in and talked. The, the girl was inside. And so uh, she said, come on in. And I'm like, okay. So we get invited in. I don't even know these people. I've never even talked to these people. I've never even seen them. And here I am, me and Stan, fixing to go sit down in their house. So we sit down. And we get to talking. Well, ends up I know uh, the girl that's staying with her's brother. Me and him used to run around together and do terrible things together. And here I am about to tell this girl about Jesus through this visit that I just had. I'm like, how is this working out? <laughs> you know how it's working out, huh, brethren? God is working all the time. So we sit down and we begin to talk and we have a visit and she gets really emotional and she said what this guy has done to her. She says, I'm not ready to reconcile with him right now because of the things that he's done and he doesn't expect uh, me to reconcile with him. 
I said, well, he didn't say anything about coming and get money or anything like that. The only thing that he told us to do was just come over here and visit with you. And the girl got emotional. <laughs> and she ducked her head. And she said, I've been praying for somebody. that would help him. I've been praying for somebody to come and help this guy. He needs help. I looked at Stan. Stan looked at me and I said, here we are. Here we are. God will use you. I didn't get a vision. I didn't get a dream from God to go to these people. I had no idea what I was doing except, and I'll be honest with you, I'll even be more honest with you, and I'm about done, so obviously this lesson is going to be part two tonight. So everybody's got to be back, all right? I didn't get none of my stuff out. I didn't want to go down there. Huh. You want to know Why? Because I was too busy. I had too much stuff going on, I thought. I had my own agenda. Think about the Jewish leaders. They had their own agenda. But you know what I said? Right before Stan called me, we were supposed to go at 9.30, and he said, I'll be over at the building at 9. And I'm like, man, I, I'm, gonna I'm just going to tell him I can't do it. I'm just going to tell him I can't do it. And I thought, no, I'm not. I made the promise to go down there. I've done the work. I'm doing it. And guess what happened, brethren? Let me tell you another note on this. And I'm done. Because... This is why I'm emotional, y'all. And, and many of you know this. Um, Isaac's brother used to live with me for years. I call him my son. He's locked up right now. In Galton. But guess where he's at? In the same cell as this guy. You know what I've been praying for? I've been praying for an opportunity to talk to him. And guess what's knocking at my door? Huh? I said, hey man, you know a dude named Isaiah?
he said, yeah, man, I do. I said, hey, man, we, I, I didn't know how to get to him. I didn't know what I needed to do. I didn't know how I was going to be able to get to him. I've been praying for it, though. And guess what, brethren? God put it to me, and I almost didn't even go. Always be watching. Always be ready. Opportunities are coming, brethren. You can be a rock star for the kingdom. You can change somebody's life. They can go from darkness to light. You can do it. I ain't nobody. But guess what? Through my prayer, through my diligence of seeking God's will, guess what? He's provided an opportunity for me to be able to talk to my son. He's done some terrible things, some embarrassing things. But here's the real. Our God is an awesome God. And he reigns from heaven above. With wisdom, power, and love, our God is an awesome God. I told that boy, I said, man, will you do me a favor? Will you do me a favor? Will you go in there and tell Isaiah that you talk to me? He said, yeah, man, I will. He said, yeah, man, I will. I said, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. I love y'all, brethren. I'm sorry that... I'm not sorry. I'm not. You know why? Because we all in here right now have different situations that are terrible in our lives that we're struggling with, that we don't know what the answer is going to be. But guess what? God said, slow down. Be still. And know that I'm God. I'm way bigger than anything you could ever even imagine. And I'll take care of you. He loves his kids. If you're here today and you ain't one of his kids, what in the world are you waiting on? I have no idea. It's time. Don't be ashamed. The Philippian jailer asked Paul, he said, what must I do to be saved? Paul told him, And guess what? He believed who Jesus was. He believed what he did. He went and washed his stripes. He repented. He knew he wasn't right. He knew what he had done was wrong. In order to be a child of God, you got to be willing to repent. Turn from your ways that you're living. Be willing to confess Him. Say, yeah, I believe in Jesus. I believe He's the Son of God. And be baptized for the remission of your sins. I mean, your sins will be forgiven. So I told that boy, you want your sins forgiven? Jesus can forgive them, man. That's it. Jesus said, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. If you want to be saved, if you need to repent, if you need to begin to renew your confidence in Jesus, if you're struggling in it and you want to make it right, Come right now as together we stand and sing.